wife, Ashley, and I are here on staff as uh, student pastors and young adult uh, pastors here at Crossroads Church. And let me just tell you, we, we love being here at Crossroads. It's been, you guys have been such a blessing to us. It's been, everybody know the, the phrase, um, time flies when you're having fun? Right, like this, we're in our third month here at Crossroads Church, and it feels like it was yesterday when we came, moved to Avon. And I will tell you that I probably, I'm from North Central Indiana, so uh, I, I probably have never in my life dreamed that I would live in the big city, because this is completely big city for me. So, like we, when when I was growing up, uh, and where we were previously t- uh, to Avon. We, uh, if we wanted to go somewhere, we had to drive, like, just hold on, okay? Like, just hold on to your chairs. We had to drive, like, 25 minutes if we wanted to go anywhere. Like, I know, right? That is not the lifestyle here. If we want to go somewhere now, we just got to drive five minutes down the road, and we're in, like, three different places, and it's incredible. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'm doing something funny or no. This is actually just sound effects. There you go. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, my wife and I are student pastors here, and we, we have really, really loved being here. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Uh, it has been such a blessing being in your family, the Crossroads family, and uh, I, I will say that there is, we have some adult leaders that help us. Our adult leader team, if you have a student within CSM, can you give me a shout out real quick? Okay, okay. I know I'm asking the parents to shout out, so uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But like, if you have a parent, if you have a, a student, and you're a parent in CSM, let me tell you, the, the real all stars are our adult leadership team. All right, they are the one week in and week out that make ministry happen. They're the life, they're the life group leaders, or what we call fams, and they do a fantastic job. Well, one of our adult leaders a, a couple weeks ago, she said, um, we, when we meet, we we do this this thing called um, encouragement football. And so we go around the room and we toss a ball. And if you toss the ball to someone, you have to say something encouraging to them. And so she said, oh man, I narrowed it down. Uh, That person, that individual looked at me and she's like, Pastor Josh, I just want to tell you that you're you're the most awkward person in the room (laughs) at all times. And you're okay with that. And... (laughs) So, like, I just want to get that out of the way this morning right now. This morning, I will be the most awkward person in the room. I will. And at all times. So, if you feel awkward, don't worry. I feel more awkward. Uh, but, no. So, I just want to, I want to get that out of the way. That way, if, if, if anything happens, um, you just know that's who I am as a person. Um, that's why I'm a youth pastor. Uh, <laughs> I also want to say, I also want to welcome, uh, here at Crossroads, this is, this is an awesome thing that we're able to do. We're able to have an audience without, uh, on the outside of the four walls here at the church. So I want to welcome our, our podcast listeners that, that listen in every week from around everywhere, like around the world and around the country. So that's, that's really cool. Um, so this morning, we're going to talk about shepherds. We're in our third week of the Hearing from Heaven series, and this week, uh, we're, we're talking about the angel's message to the shepherds, right? So to start off this morning, I wanted to kind of think of some different things that maybe we could 
kind of get in the, the mode, focus on, to help us relate to how the shepherds were feeling. So let me, let me, let me just start off with this. Have you ever had something unexpected happen, and, happen to you? Like maybe a, a raise or a promotion? Like those are good unexpected things, right? Or maybe you got a check in the mail that you weren't expecting. Um, like those are all great things. I feel like there should be a hundred smiles right now. Like those are awesome. Right, a couple months ago, Ashley and I got a letter in the mail from an attorney's office, which is not a great unexpected thing right at the you know right at the front end. Right? Uh, nobody wants a letter from an attorney's office, correct? We didn't either. Uh, and I was like, great, they caught me. And it's like I don't know what they caught me for, but they caught me. All right, so. We, I open the letter and I read that we had been giving to an organization, a non-for-profit, for like several years. And we had been giving to them. And what the letter was saying was that they were not doing very non-for-profit things as an organization. So they were doing for-profit things. So somebody had like filed a lawsuit and they had won the lawsuit. And so we were getting a notification saying that we were entitled to a settlement, right? If we filled out this card. And so that was a great unexpected letter that turned out like good. And we were worried about it at the front end. I mean, we're, it was awesome. So a couple of weeks ago, we got that first installment check. And uh, um, that, was, that was a really great blessing, completely unexpected. And I said first, because what was also unexpected was they said that there was a another one coming. So yes, favor ain't fair. I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe, maybe some of you, uh, I'm talking to the dudes right now in the room, okay? Some of us guys, have you ever been in a conversation with a group of your guys and maybe you're talking about the ladies in your life, especially like with those of us, uh, those of us, those of the guys in the room that aren't married. I am married and my wife is amazing. So um, and maybe you're having this conversation with your, with your dudes, and you're talking about the ladies in your life, and, and maybe one of those guys in that group that nobody expects to have a lady in their life, they speak up, and they're like, yeah, I got a girlfriend, and everybody stops, and they take a step back, and like, what did Tommy just say? He's got a what in the world? And so then, in the days, weeks, months later, you might see Tommy and his girlfriend, and then you're really caught by surprise because of the girl that he's with, and, and you're like, whoa. Man, he's in way out of his league, right? Like, that's, that's, that's a surprise. Um, and maybe you're sitting in the room and you're like, I've never had that happen to me. Maybe you're one of those guys. I don't know. The laugh in first service was a lot better. <laughs> I'm one of those guys, I think, because my wife is so awesome. There's, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I told you, I'm, I'm really awkward, so... But listen, I'm, I'm pretty sure that both the shepherds identified with both of those things, generally speaking, not specifically. They were caught off guard that night when the angels came and visited them. And then I'm sure in the hours to come, everyone that heard from the shepherds or just by the, just the story that uh, what had happened to the shepherds were caught by surprise as well because of their reputation, because of the shepherds' reputation. So this morning... The title of the message is, are we still morning? Yeah. The title of the message is Shepherds, Why This Jubilee? It's a question 
Because I'm sure like uh, after the shepherds were running to Bethlehem and they saw baby Jesus and, and then they, the Bible says that they came back to the fields full of, of joy and, and, and they were celebrating, they were praising God. I'm sure people are like, what in the world are they so excited about? Why this jubilee? Why this excitement? And then they found out why. And so this morning is, is the title of the message is more of a question than a statement. But this morning... Uh, we're going to talk about how miraculous, unexpected, and ironic this thing that happened was, especially as we think about how the very first public announcement of Jesus' arrival was announced to the shepherds, a group, of, a group of guys that were really like had no respect in society, looked down on in society, and today we'll look at what we can learn from them about... Uh, how just the sheer fact that the announcement of the Savior of the world's uh, arrival was announced to them specifically. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, and uh, that's pretty much the solid text that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, So let's read that. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast of hosts of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Today we have two lessons that we're going to learn from the story of the shepherds, and I've really um, dug deep into my brain to pull out some like real life-changing titles of those two lessons. But the first lesson, we're going to call these lessons from the shepherds, right? (laughs) Lessons from the shepherds. The first lesson that we're going to talk about this morning is this. Miracles often start in the midst of the mundane. Miracles often start in the midst of the mundane. See, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. I think we all pretty much know the job description of a shepherd, right? They stayed with the flock, they led them to food and water, they protected them from predators. I mean, the job wasn't glamorous by any means, but it meant nights away from their family, weekends with no fun. It meant you came home smelling like poo. That's right, I said it. Sheep poo. That's right. Come home smelling like sheep poo. It was dangerous, but it was still their job. You know, I think that when we're faithfully doing what we've been called, directed, or led to do, no matter how boring or mundane, we set ourselves up to be used by God or spoken to by God. 
Maybe that for you, that looks like being faithful to your vocation, to your job, even when you think that there might be something better for you. Or maybe when things aren't going well, continuously at your work. And don't get me wrong, there might be something better for you, and maybe God has that for you, but maybe he's just asking you to be patient. Maybe he's just asking you to to stay a while, like the shepherd stayed. Maybe for you that looks like being committed to serve in the area of ministry that you do here at Crossroads, even when you think it doesn't matter much what you do. Maybe for some of us in the room, it means being faithful to your spouse when someone else might have captured your attention a little bit, or maybe they're pulling on your emotional heartstrings. And then maybe for some of us, that looks like practicing generosity when you think that you could do something more exciting with the money that you have. It also reminds me of a story that we find later on in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 19. See, there's a noble man, and he's getting ready to leave the country to go be crowned as king. Before he leaves, he calls in 10 of his servants, and his 10 servants come, and they're standing at his side, and he gives them money, and his direction is to go and invest it. And the thing is that this nobleman, Jesus points out, he says that this nobleman wasn't really liked very well. The Bible actually says that he was a difficult guy to work for. So he leaves, he comes back, turned king, and he calls his servants back to him to see how they've done. And what happens next, I really feel like goes hand in hand with this first lesson. The first servant told the king that he had done what the king had asked him to do, and he had invested the money and received 10 times of the amount amount back as fruit for his investment. And so the king, in verse 17, replies with this. He says, well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You've been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So you'll be governor of 10 cities as your reward. The second servant, he had done the same. He listened to the king's instructions, and then he received back five times the amount that he was giving after he um, had invested his money. And so the king replied with a similar answer, rewarding him similarly. Then the very last servant, and like when you're reading this story, you know that like there's a bad part coming, right? Like it doesn't all end well. Just like life, sometimes there's a, there's, there could be some bad endings, right? And so this last servant, the king turned his attention to him, and the last servant said, king, I know that like you're a hard dude to please, and so I didn't want to lose your money, so I just did nothing with it. And so the king replied and looked at him and, and said to his guards to take what he had given that last servant and give it to the one that had the most return from his investment. He actually says it like this in verse 26. And to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. From those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, I'm sure that the shepherds in that day probably wished that uh, they were doing something else with their life rather than shepherding. Like rather than just sitting around smelling like poo, right? I'm sure that they, they thought maybe, man, it wouldn't it be great to be like a trader? Not like uh, T-R-A-I-T-O-R, but like a T-R-A-D-E-R. Uh, wouldn't it be great to, to go out and make deals and, and do that? Maybe a businessman, that might be, I might have a better reputation, or maybe like a judge. But see, like, they were there for a reason, right? This morning, you might be sitting here and you're like, man, I just feel like 
I have, there's no reason for me to be where I am. Well, the fact of the matter is, that could be for, that, there's nothing that could be further from the truth. God knows exactly where you are, and he has you there for a specific reason. And he knows what that reason is. I think it's up to us just to stay the course, to stay in our field and wait for him to reveal that. Just remember the thing that you're doing that you think is mundane might be one day the pathway to your miracle. The thing that you're doing right now that you feel like is boring, and you get up and you dread going to school, you dread going to work, you dread you know, getting up out of your bed and just doing your day-to-day thing, the thing that you're doing right now could be one day if you stay the course, you keep doing what you're doing. It could be the thing that's the pathway to your miracle because God sees your faithfulness, and he doesn't ignore it. You know, last week we had a really awesome opportunity to give in our Christmas miracle offering. And the reports that we're getting are really super exciting, and I'm sure Pastor Craig's gonna share that with you in the weeks to come. But some of you, maybe you didn't take the opportunity to give, and, and maybe you left last Sunday, and you're like, man, I wish I, wish I wouldn't have missed that. Well, don't worry, you can still give. Um, or maybe last Sunday you were like, this is all that I have to give. It's not much. It's not much, and really it's probably not gonna make that big of a difference but you are still faithful with the little that God has given you. And you took it, and just like, just like that first and that second servant in that story in Luke chapter 19, you took it and you made the biggest investment that you possibly could. You gave it back to God and you said, God, do with it what I know I can't do. And, and, and rest assured, that's exactly what he's gonna do. So maybe, maybe you're like, you know what? A week, a week ago, I could only give this, but you know, this week, God's done something unexpected in my life. And so maybe I can do some more. That, that giving portal is gonna be open. You can do that from here to the end of the month because we know, we know that God's gonna do incredible things. One of the things that God's doing and using Crossroads Church to do is in the country of Peru, we're helping provide Christmas to little Peruvian children um, you know, in this Christmas season. Right? And we also know that Pastor Craig's been talking about this a lot, that we're giving to Project Rescue. Part of that miracle offering is going to Project Rescue to help save and rescue um, young ladies and, and, and kids from sex trafficking in India. That's something to be a part of. That's something that, that you should be excited about. That's an investment that will give you more than 10 times the amount of fruit back. You're making eternal differences. So don't be discouraged if your gift wasn't ginormous, right? Be excited that together, all of us together, are making some eternal impact. Lessons from the shepherd number two. Don't discount what God can do through you because of how the world tries to define you. Don't discount what God can do through you because of how the world tries to define you. See, the craziest thing about this announcement coming to the shepherds first was the fact that the shepherds didn't have a real great reputation. Remember earlier I said that they were lowly, like they, were, they had little respect, none at all really in that society. They were, they were like on the low end of the totem pole, right? Uh, a guy by the name of Randy Alcorn, he writes about the reputation of the shepherds at that time. The Mishnah Judaism's written record of the oral law records this prejudice referring to the shepherds in belittling terms. One, mess, one passage of that describes them as incompetent. And this, this next part just really just gets me. So listen. 
Another passage says that no one should feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. That's how little respect they had in that society in that day and age. It's crazy because if you think on the flip side of that, what does a shepherd do if, if one of his sheep or a little lamb falls into a pit? He goes and he rescues it, right? But if a shepherd falls into a pit, you just let him, you just let him stay there, right? It's kind of ironic. But that also, he also goes on to write that they, they couldn't fulfill judicial offices or be called into a court as witnesses. And furthermore, it was forbidden to buy wool, milk, or lambs from shepherds because it was assumed, it was to be assumed, that those were stolen property. If a shepherd was going to sell you that stuff, you should just automatically assume, because of who they are and their reputation, that it was stolen property. So you're sitting here and you're like, why in the world would the king of the universe decide to announce the arrival of his only son to a group of people that have that kind of reputation? And this is why. This is why I think. I think it, it demonstrated that no matter how the world sees you or defines you, the only thing that God sees when he looks at you is the purpose that he's destined for you. Okay, I'm going to say it again because I think one person got it, all right? It demonstrates that no matter how the world sees you or tries to define you, the only thing that God sees you as when he looks at you is with the purpose that he's destined for you. There you go. That's right. Listen, in, in verse 15 through 18, it says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. See, nowhere in that passage does it say anything like this. The shepherds walked through the streets of Bethlehem really concerned with the people, that the people might frown upon their presence there and uh, really worried about their stench of sheep poo. And so what did they do? They turned and they ran back to their pasture as quickly as possible. No. See, the Bible doesn't say that because what the shepherds did was they unapologetically went and marched from their pasture to the place where the angels had told them to go, where Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus were. Then they told everyone about their experience. I think that there's some of us in the room this morning that because of how the world tries to define us, we, we, we lack the confidence to share about our experience with Jesus. Well, because of your past, or because of my past, people wouldn't really believe me. Well, because of the shepherd's past, the shepherd's, re the shepherd's reputation, the world shouldn't have believed them either. But see, people were astonished. The Bible says that people were astonished when the shepherds shared that with them. Maybe you should stop deciding before the fact that you're not going to share based on your past, your mistakes, and your mess-ups, and you should just do it and wait and see what God does with it. That wasn't in my notes. It was for free. <laughs> but what, I, what is in my notes is this. Stop caring about the job that you have, where your home is at, what color your skin is, what your gender is, what your past is, what your socioeconomical status is. If you just do the thing that God's told you to do, he can use you to disrupt 
the world that you live in point people to his direction. Stop caring about what the world sees you as. If you want to be used by God, don't care about those things. Just say, God, use me. Use me however you want so that I can disrupt the world that I live in to point people to you. See, God chose the shepherds to spread the word that the savior of the world had arrived. He chose a group that no one else chooses. Literally, no one chooses that group. I think it's crazy that, that I still go back to the point that, man, if you, came, if you were walking in a field and you saw a shepherd down in a pit, you just leave him there. But God chooses the shepherd. God chooses you as well. Let's check out this video real quick. It was a night like any other night, except for that angel. Ain't seen nothing like it before or since. Us shepherds, we don't get a lot of excitement out there in the pasture. But that angel, it was so bright, so beautiful. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sam, you've been out in that pasture just a little bit too long. And you'd be correct. But that all changed when that angel came right up to us. And the angel said, don't be afraid. And I was like, too late. And then the angel said, no, I wrote it down. I need to get this right. Hold on. Um, okay. The angel said, um, milk, bread, no. That's my grocery list. Then the angel said, I have good news of a great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then the angel said, He's lying in a manger wrapped in cloth. Go find him. Okie dokie. So we're all sitting around, and then one of the shepherds, the thing was Steve, he's like, hey, what are we doing? Let's get out of here. Let's go to Bethlehem. So we hightailed it out of there, and we found that beautiful baby. I'll tell you, I was a different man after that. God chose me. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. I'll never forget what that angel said, though. The angel said, I bring good news to all people. That means you too. I love that video. I do. Let me tell you, I stumbled upon that video, and I don't normally like to use videos from, from that group. I just don't. But I watched the video, and what really struck me was that last part, that God chose the shepherds. And in that last line, God chooses you too. You know, this is a... It's kind of crazy that we can connect the dots from the shepherds and the New Testament all the way back to the story of David in the Old Testament. Now just hang with me for a second, like how in the world do we do that? You remember that when Samuel, the prophet Samuel, Israel was getting ready for their next king. Saul was the king of Israel at the time. He had done some things that weren't great. 
And God told the prophet Samuel to go to a man's house by the name of Jesse. So Jesse, Jesse accepts Samuel into his house, and Samuel's like, hey, listen, you have some sons. One of them, God has told me that he'll be the next king of Israel. So Samuel's like, I mean, Jesse's like, okay, yeah, sure. I got a whole bunch of sons. Let's line them up right here. Samuel goes from son to son to son to son to son. And not one of those sons was the one that Samuel was looking for. Samuel's like, Jesse, do you have, do you have any more kids, any more boys? Jesse's like, yeah, I got one. I got one more. But you probably don't. Like, nah, it's not going to be him. Are you sure? Like, you haven't messed up. And this, this, like, I'm not repeating verbatim from the Bible here. Okay. This is Josh's translation. Jesse's like, I got one more. But like, are you sure? Like, you haven't messed up. And like, maybe one of them's not. No, for, for real. For real, Jesse, where's the other one? David, you know what David's doing at the time. He's out in, out in the fields, right? It's crazy to me that David is out shepherding, right? David, the one that we hold in such high esteem, you know, King David. He started as a humble shepherd. And so he's, he's out, and can you just... Imagine with me for a second. David's brother's running up. David, David, there's this dude, crazy old guy. He says that he's here at our house to anoint the next king of Israel, right? And I, I don't know, but dad told me to come and get you. And so here I am. I'm getting you and I'm bringing you home. But really, let's be honest, David, like you're not the one. Uh, but when we get back, he's probably going to say that he messed up. And so David comes in. He's the youngest, smallest, the most unlikely, but he was doing his job. He was staying in the field. And what, what happens is when David walks in and everyone's like, and surely not David, Samuel points at David and he says, you're it. You're the guy that I've been waiting for. There's a passage right there in the middle of that story and paraphrased, it says something like this. Samuel said that God doesn't look at people the same way as how men look at people. Men look at the outward appearance, but God looks on what's on the inside. You might be in the room this morning and you might be sitting here knowing the place that you're in, the field that you're in right now in your life, you feel like you're stuck there. Like you're just spinning your wheels. You're like, God, what is this? Like you've, I know that you've called me to a greater purpose. You must have something more for me. I wonder if David thought the same thing. God, what in the world is my life all about? You must have something else for me. But what David did was he stayed. And what I want to encourage us this morning is to stay where you're at. 
Sure, like I said earlier, God's probably got some really awesome things for you, but I wonder if maybe he's waiting to reveal those to us, the miracle he's waiting to reveal. I wonder if he's just waiting to see if we'll be faithful with what he's given us first. I wonder if he's waiting to see if we're going to be patient and wait on him. There's another story, and it's really, it's, it's about my life. I grew up, like I said, in north central Indiana. Little town, small town life. Went away to college and uh, didn't really even think that, that ministry was the thing for my life. Other events happened. Here I am, okay? Long story short. But I had this passion in my heart that God was growing for me and my wife to be able to reach young people and students, right? To minister to them, to show them that God has a purpose for their life too. And what I would do is I would wake up, I lived, we lived in Delphi at the time, and I would wake up and I would work from five to seven in the morning at a meatpacking plant. I'd go in and I, I didn't have a job where like I was actually like cutting up the meat or anything like that. I was a groundskeeper right? But you walk onto the grounds of a, a place like a meatpacking plant, and you automatically, like, get the stench of the meatpacking plant on you. And so I would go home. Five to seven, I'd go, and I'd pick up trash in the parking lot, so I'd smell like trash and pigs. And to go with the theme, I'd smell like pig poo. I'd go home, and, and like, as, at seven o'clock, and I'd get a shower because I'd walk in the door and ask to be like pointing at the shower. You're going there first. Like you're not doing anything else. You're going to shower first. This whole time while I was working at the meatpacking plant, I would then get a shower at about seven o'clock. And then at about 730, I would leave to go work at the local high school from then until the afternoon. And then I would go to the church office that my wife and I were serving at as a volunteer youth pastor. And I'd work from there from about 330 to 530. And then probably go home and for about the next two hours work doing ministry things some more with Ashley. The whole time, man, I felt like I was spinning my wheels because I knew that God had called us to do student ministry in a full-time capacity. But I felt like I was spinning my wheels and so it would have been really easy to just say, you know, throw in the towel. Like, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. The passion that you've given us, God, man, nothing's happening. But here we are. We didn't throw in the towel. And here we are. Because God's faithful. And and were there really tough times? Absolutely. There were really tough times. There were times where we doubted. And I'm saying all of this because I want you to be able to relate with it. Because I know that there's people in this room this morning that probably have felt very similarly. You know that God has something for you. You just haven't seen it come to pass come to pass yet. Remain faithful with what he's given you to do. Because just like the shepherds, God's chose you. In your mess and in your failures, in your imperfections and all of those things, sure, God could have chose somebody more qualified. But you see, in the grand scheme of things, 
the miracle of it all is that he chose you, even though there might be more qualified people. The miracle of it all is that he still looked down on your life and disregarded the things that you've been through, the past that you've had, the situations and the struggles that you're going through currently, and he still chose you. It's hard for us as human beings to wrap our mind around that sometimes. But God chose you. Others this morning, we just need to make up in our minds that we're going to be faithful with what's God, with what God's given us in this season. He knows exactly what your desires are, but he wants you to be patient. It might be that he's getting ready to show you in this next season of life that miracle that you've been waiting for, but will you be patient enough to wait around to see it? A lot of times we get impatient and we just try to take things into our own hands. We talked about that last servant. You see what happened to that last servant. Be patient and wait on God. Because you don't want to miss what he has coming for you. That's what I'd like for us to do this morning. If we could do this real quick, close our eyes, bow our head. The only reason why I ask for us to do that isn't because I think it's just more spiritual. I think that it helps us focus on the challenge that God's put on our heart. Helps us keep out the distractions of people moving around. Helps us to focus on what God's trying to speak to us. Because we don't waste our time on Sunday mornings. We come in here for a reason. We didn't waste, I didn't waste my time trying to put this together. I really believe that God's trying to speak to somebody this morning. So this morning... Maybe you might be in here this morning and you need God right now in the season of your life to remind you to be patient with the mundane, to be patient with the boring stuff, to be patient when you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're struggling to get through. Maybe you need God to help you to be patient. Or maybe you need help with not seeing yourself as the world tries to define you based on what you've done, what you struggle with, the things, the places that you've been. So if you fit into any one of those two categories so that we know how to pray this morning, can you just raise your hand like, I, Josh, I need to be reminded that God has something for me in the mundane. And I need to be reminded that, man, he, he sees me as something greater than what the world defines me, that he calls me victorious, that he calls me an overcomer, that he, he, he knows me, that I'm a son and the daughter of the Most High. Like, those are how God sees you. I appreciate that honesty. I appreciate that. God appreciates that honesty. Then lastly, maybe you're here in this room this morning and there might be somebody here that needs to know this this morning, that even if you're far from God, maybe you don't have a relationship with him, like a a real true relationship with Jesus. Maybe you'd say that you're a Christian by title, but if somebody was to look at your lifestyle, man, it'd be far from following Jesus. And you say, man, Josh, I am here this morning, and I am far away from God. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how far away from God you are. He still chose you. He still chooses you, and he's just waiting on you. You know how I know that? Book of Romans says that 
even while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're far away from Jesus this morning and you would say, Josh, today is the day where I start my journey to be close to him. Today is the day where I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I turn away from what the world has to offer me and I'm gonna go full on for what God has for me. Can you just signify that by just lifting your hand, raising it, waving around for a second? You can put it right back down. But we wanna pray for you this morning. If that's you, can you raise your hand just real quick? I'm not gonna wait around. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. That hand, that's awesome. Anybody else? Thank you for that hand. This is what we're going to do. In a second, the worship team is going to begin to sing the bridge of this song. We're going to ask prayer partners to come up. But before we do that, I'd like for all of us to pray together. We're going to say a prayer for those that raise their hands, say, I'm going to start a relationship with Jesus. Pastor Craig always says this, that nobody at Crossroads prays alone. So we're going to all join together as a family. We're just going to repeat after me. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, God, today I choose to serve you. I am all in for what you have for my life. I repent of the things I've done in the past. And I ask for your forgiveness now. I give you the rest of my days to serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate just for a second? Can we celebrate that for a second? That's awesome. All right, listen. We're going to close this morning. Prayer partners, I'm going to ask that you come.